You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. Hi folks and welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Football Show right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPike, it's an absolute pleasure to be your host as always. Delighted to be joined as always by Mark Wilson. Mark, how are we? Fine, thanks Scott. <clears throat> um, interesting Friday night game of football uh, for Kelly. Uh, and as I say, a few results yesterday that um, can keep the league uh, very tight. But looking forward to getting stuck into it and some viewers' questions. Yeah, we've opened the floor for the the viewers to get some questions in, and we're also joined by Mark Sagland. Mark, how are we doing? All right, uh, I'm I'm no bad. Uh, I'm looking forward to questions and all of the. Well, I'm just kind of looking through a few of them. The last time I was asked this many questions, I was in a, a police room and it was good. <laughs> <laughs> it was recorded as well. <laughs> right, but as I say, it's a, it's a winter break, and obviously, what. There's not as much football on. Obviously, we've got the Championship, League One and League Two that we've we've covered in last week's show, and we'll, there's a couple of questions regarding that. But it's time to find out what's what goes behind the minds of the Scottish Football Show. We've opened the floor up to the viewers to get some questions in towards us regarding football and stuff to do with the channel, things like that. So we've opened the floor up. We'll start off with the first question. We've got a load of questions, as always. It's been a really appreciated to get all these questions in. But we'll start with the first one. The first one's from Mark Wilson. Who would Wilson rather win the league, Kelly or Celtic? <laughs> and that, that, that must have came from someone with a Stuart United connection, <laughs> I would imagine that question. Um, well, obviously, the, 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 the answer is Kilmarnock. Um, but I'm obviously, I'm, I've said from the start, you know, I've said as soon as Kelly went down, I, I, I didn't see any problems coming straight back up. And we've discussed at length, obviously, what Tommy Wright did and now. Derek McInnes is undefeated in these um, two games that he's had. But again, but maybe I've got to look at it outside the box. You know, if 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 I take the preference at Celtic to win the league, it eases the burden on the NHS. There wouldn't be all the problems in George Square and, you know, all the trouble for emergency services um, if Rangers were to win it. So 100% Kelly to win the league. Absolutely. And as I say, I, th- I think it will happen now. Shanker, this one's for, for you. We'll get you to answer this and we'll go with three as we'll go have a wee answer. Who's the best African player to play in Scottish football? With African Cup of Nations on, somebody's asked. Who's the best African player to ever play in Scottish football? See, when obviously you sent the, the questions previously just so as we could try and get a, a kind of rough guide with some answers. And being a, a Rangers supporter, uh, I like this player anyway, and, and because obviously uh, he played. Uh, yeah, we're an African as well. I like Bugera, uh, Magic Bugera. I thought he was a good defender, but he was also uh, he was also good on the ball and he scored one of the kind of one of the best goals we've seen at Ibrox. I was actually at that game uh, against Dundee United, where he kind of yeah, up just run, inside man. his own half and he dribbles all the way through and scores. So that was one just off the top of my head. Other than that, I would I must admit I would uh, I would be struggling for for kind of ma. Uh, my era just to try and remember, but being a Rangers supporter, that's one that kind of sticks out as well. Aye, Bagheera's some <laughs> one for me. I would probably just go for Bobo Baldi. I think Bobo Baldi's the one that, that sticks out for his time at Celtic, rocks all the defender. Momo Salah was one I thought of as well. He was lightning quick. Aye, he remember him. I think he was better at St Johnson than he was at Celtic. Wilson, would you agree with that? Um, yes, he had a wee spell at Kilmarnock as well. Aye, so he did. Aye, um, um, I, I think I think we kind of made his he made his name was uh, St Johnson. Um, also, another former Kelly player you could look at, Jose Kitongo. Aye, I thought about him as not, well. Not necessarily um, played with any of the massive clubs, but again, another ex Kilmarnock player as well. Uh, no other one I thought of was it Zero Ali. Aye, Aberdeen. Aye. I don't. Again, I don't watch Aberdeen. I don't know how good he was, but. Um, as soon as the question came in, I thought Magid Bagheera yeah. was the one, the one that I thought of. Um, and obviously, giving away a penalty at Ibrox and losing the plot at Parkhead, obviously. <laughs> Added to <his> CV. <laughs> right, this one, this one's an interesting one. Best player you've seen live. Right, I've got three, but I'll give it to Wilson first. Who's the best player you've ever seen live? Doesn't he be a Scottish player? 
It's such a hard one. Um, <clears throat> I was at the Champions League final at Hamden and Zidane played and he did play well that game. You know what I mean? Last week, as you know, I was down at Old Trafford watching Manchester United and Ronaldo played. Yeah, and he is one of the best. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't certainly have a good game that day. So I was going to ask you about that question. Is it someone who's performed well or just the best player that you've seen, even though they might not have played well in that game? I was going to ask that. Like, well, I would play I... well that game or is it just something that... I can say, oh, I've seen him live. Yeah. Uh, you can, well, what I thought, the way I looked at it was, is that the best player, the best performance you've seen. So, do you want me to just put my three and then we can go to... Yeah, absolutely. Aye. Right, my first one is a player that played for Villarreal, Ibrox, Raquel, may remember him? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was mm-hmm. a different class as, as well. I've seen Iniesta twice. I saw him against for Barcelona against Rangers and then I saw him for Spain against Scotland. The three-two game, remember they came, they scored lap, they scored maybe three minutes to go. Scotland mm-hmm. get back in, and then Naismith scored, didn't they? Aye, Naismith scored. Right, I've split us into two. I remember going to watch Bolton play Liverpool with the school, and there was two players who had stinking careers at Liverpool, but they were outstanding that day. Remember Andre Voronin? Aye, aye. The Ukrainian guy with ponytail. I think he scored a double. I need to check, but he scored a double, but he's he was unbelievable. Remember Alberto Aquilani. Uh, he, he used to play Liverpool as well. Uh, he, 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 I guess it's always the only good game. He just his first touch was outstanding. So there, my I've got four. So Shankers, who's the best player you've ever seen live? What's that performance that sticks out? Well, a world class player. I had this player done not because of performance that night, because to be honest, I can't really actually remember. I just know he scored the winning goal. Uh, it was a penalty in the one-one now at Ibrox. Wayne Rooney. Mm-hmm. Wayne Rooney is one of the best football players I've ever seen. Uh, never mind being able to have the the privilege to see him uh, live. I seen I seen Gerard and Torres playing uh, at Ibrox, but that was a friendly with Liverpool. Um, I've been fortunate enough to play against Paul Pogba before. He's a good. Oh he's all right, although he's gonna. <laughs> When, Speaks very highly of you as well. He's been <laughs> doing his. Uh, he's been doing his. Esti- he's been doing my estimations <clears throat> recently with all this. He wasn't getting away with dabbing and having dyed blue hair at Somerset that night. That's <laughs> why because Ferguson was still in charge at the time. But uh, <laughs> off the top of my head, that's uh, probably probably Wayne Renee and like it's a scold and yeah. and gigs and stuff like that played that night as well. Uh, in the, uh, probably be hard to. Hard to go away for that kind of Man United <coughs> team at that point because do you know was good that. Do you know who was good that day? See that day at Somerset. Remember Ravel Morrison? He was different uh, class that day. I, I trained. I trained with him at, at Birmingham for a week, and see, like when you see, like you see Ferdinand and stuff like that, making uh, their interviews and some of the way they talk yeah. about him and that, that. He was absolutely ridiculous football player, like. Mm-hmm. I've no idea how he's not playing in the Premier League week in, week out. That's obviously for other reasons other than, yeah. than football, I think. But I think he had a spell at West Ham in the Premier League. And he, I remember he scored a solo goal at, at uh, White Hart Lane uh, against Spurs. So he, he's definitely uh, a talented player that should be playing higher. But I would go right at the top. It's got to be Wayne Rooney for me. I, I don't like Man United, but he was brilliant. Yeah, just as you touched on that, Spain game, I was at the away leg, Mate. and that, that night, that was absolutely scored. He gets subbed off after, I think, 55 minutes, 60 minutes or something. He'd already scored two, and that, that Spanish David Silva. Oh, uh, Silva. And that Spanish, that, the whole Spanish team were ridiculous, and where we were kind of sitting, you know, the bench was like Torres, Mata, Casillas was on the bench. The bench. So, <laughs> that was the bench. Um, and as I say, Sil- Silva on that night was absolutely ridiculous. Um, so probably that performance. Um, also saw, we were, we were at um, <clears throat> Everton Arsenal with the school, you're talking about school there. We uh, took, took a school trip there and um, Stephen Naismith scored a hat trick. Um, was it Arsenal? Was it Chelsea? And it was it was some it was some individual performance that, but I think David Silva would just edge it. To be fair, <laughs> David Silva. Right, I think it's fair for me to answer this question. Who's been your favourite guest in the ch- uh, channel so far? So a show you've been on. Who's been your favourite guest? I'll tell you my one of my favourite shows. Maybe fair the Euro preview show we did with Ryan McStay and Wally uh, Stevie Murray, Wally Murray. 
That was a, that was a good one. That was a good laugh. Who's oh, been your favourite guest, Wilson? Well, is, is Rory Lloyd class as a guest now? I mean, we've, nah. not, we've seen him for a few weeks, but... Judas, um, he's, he's called now, we call him around his blocks, Judas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, well, I, I think Dick Campbell was good fun. Yeah, I think nah, he, was, I he was up for a laugh. It was, like, it was a good show, that, as well. Um, I think we have to give a, a mention to Daryl Mega, even though he gives me a bit on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when Kelly get relegated... Uh, Stephen Aitken, I was really impressed with him. I, I thought that was a really good show. I thought I thought he spoke very well, and I think he kind of wanted to get involved in the banter, but I think he was very professional um, in his response to the questions. But there's, there's, there's been loads been loads of good ones. I was gutted I didn't make uh, the Gordon Duncan one because yeah, I love I love him on Clyde. Like, see if, I, see if I didn't train in that, I would be sitting in the house glued to that. See, I remember during lockdown when that was the like, our level of football was known and you were better or less housebound all the time. I would, Clyde one was was brilliant. Uh, was brilliant to listen to. This the only thing I would say to him is I, I wish he didn't sit in the fence as much uh, when he's when he's on there. Kind of, I think that's his job to kind of give either. He's he's, he's the host. He's meant to I sit know, in the fence, Shankers. I know, but I would, not, not that we're used to that. But that, that's <laughs> <used to> <laughs> uh, I, I wish he would like. Maybe he has opinion on things uh, at times, like a lot more. I'm not saying he doesn't give his opinion, but I wish he would almost say what he, he thinks at times. Uh, I, I was gutted I never made that one, but I liked him. Um, we had a journalist on, Hugh McDonald. Hugh McDonald, aye, that was a good one. I liked that one. It was a good insight to, like, he was talking about the reputation of, like, how he got like a aye. good connection with people to, to then, then trust... Uh, then like uh, managers and players would trust him to do an interview with him because they know what they're going to sell him down the river or whatever. So I quite enjoyed that one as well. Uh, all every guest we've had on has been brilliant as well. And we hope to return to guests later on in the the season. Best non SM media podcast you listen to, Wilson? What's your podcast? Guilty pleasure. Um. To, to be honest, I'm not a, a massive <laughs> uh, fan. The, the only ones that I listen to is the when I obviously can't listen to you off the ball on a Saturday and Sunday. I usually listen to them uh, when I'm travelling to work or whatever and catch up on them. I know it's not necessarily a podcast. That's you know, I, I think Tam Cowan and Stuart Cosgrove are fantastic at what they do. It's been that's why it's been running for so long. I listen uh, to them in, in a Saturday morning for a, for an hour or that. It was good. I before we I be a wee bit travelling, you know, to games and whatnot. But um no, I'm not really I'm not really listening to many podcasts at all. Obviously, once the show's finished and this goes on, I watch myself, you know. Um, and <laughs> like 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 to hear the sound of my own voices, most folk will know. But um as I say, I see I see different ones on on Twitter and all that the other guys do, but yeah, it's, it's a time factor for me to be able to sit and have peace to listen to podcasts. Shankers, what's your favourite non-SM media podcast? Um, I think probably Open Goal because it's um, it's Scottish football as well. Um, I like that. I quite like... I've listened to a few um, James English ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's no football related, but uh, I quite like some of them. Um, other than that, I think that's a good point. Shankers made, and he kind of touched on his last answer. I think during lockdown, I think Open Goal did brilliantly. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I think they did brilliantly um, to get guys. I listened to a few of them, you know, when I was uh, lunchtime at work and whatnot. Remember the one they they did during lockdown? It was uh, it was Slane Ferry and Kevin Cowan. It was the twelve or the ten worst players that have played in the SPL. Uh, you know, and I, it was absolutely, it was so entertaining. It was absolutely fantastic. So I've heard a few of them, and I went to the live show, but um, I'm not really a consistent uh, listener to it, if I'm honest. Uh, I've got a couple. Of, I've got one football, and I've got two other ones. Uh, the Totally Football Show with James Richardson, that's a pretty good one. That's on The Athletic. That's a good one. That's mm. kind of European I, stuff. I got interviewed with them, I think, before the last talks. Before the... I before, I. Right. There's a an American politics one that's currently they're doing a series in Bill Clinton. I would recommend that if you're an American politics person, as people will know me and know I am. 
And there's a good history one as well about uh, Dan Jones for War of the Roses that I'm into as well at the moment. So they're my, they're my ones. You didn't expect I, that I, one? I saw, on, I saw on Twitter but maybe a week or so ago, um, I know a, a guy, this guy watches this show as well. He was talking about, uh, there's a Sopranos podcast that they do. Right. Um, I think they should, the live shows or whatever, the Tour of Britain was cancelled, but they do this a podcast thing to do with that and I, I loved that series when it was on The Sopranos so yeah. I might want to try and catch up with nah, it's, uh, There's a lot of good podcasts out there Have you ever considered doing live shows and do you think it would be good for the channel? Wilson, think we could do a live show? I think we'd, oh. have, to, uh, I think we'd have to speak to you two about your behaviour I couldn't yeah. I'm, I must admit I'm quite bad for swearing so <laughs> I would bite my tongue a wee bit uh, that's uh, my uh, with, with the greatest respect I think if you were doing live shows Scott you should be looking at higher end guests than me to be honest <laughs> uh, looking yeah, at some no. of the guys you've interviewed over the, over the last couple of years I don't think you'd be looking for, for some, me. We, uh, some we could definitely explore later on let's get into some football questions the first one we'll give this to Shankers and I, we can obviously chime in will Giovanni Van Bronckhorst be able to attract the same level of player as Gerard did in his time at Rangers Um. I think so because he's he's well respected in the in the game and on. Obviously, he's played at a a high level uh, and maybe some top clubs, Barcelona, Arsenal, um, Rangers as well. Uh, so I, I think he I think he can. I think that the Gerard as a name and a a, a brand almost can uh, if somebody go if. If somebody's agent goes to him, uh, Rangers are looking at you and, and uh, Derek McInnes is a manager or Rangers are looking at you and Steven Gerrard's a manager. But I'm, I'm honest with you, I think, I think that's a, a two different, uh, two different, totally uh, different things. Uh, sorry. Uh, so Van Bronckhorst, I think, is get, get, not saying he's got his bigger pool, but he's, he's definitely got a similar pool. And, and the fact that he, he's, he's worked previously and likes a... Uh, Holland and stuff like that and uh, the assistant uh, Dave Watts has worked with Ajax yeah. Roy Mackay has been a, about the uh, the game we thought was by a minute and stuff like that so I definitely think that that pool is there whether it's to the certain uh, the same calibre of player as, as what Gerard was getting in but I definitely think it uh, Van Bronckhorst can and pull a player in. I wouldn't like to think they're just coming for for uh, them. If you mm. know what I mean. Don't forget, Rangers is a, a massive club uh, running about the world as well. So, I mean, if somebody's no, if somebody doesn't want to come and play for Rangers because it's Rangers, and if it's just because it's a manager, then something wrong. But I definitely think they they can attract a, a good caliber caliber of player. I think you're you're pretty right. I think <coughs> as well with Gerard, there was one thing that stood out whenever like. Goldson, for example, was a big one that like likes uh, maybe Aribo as well. It was kind of what swung the move, and they did say Steven Gerrard. So Van Bronckhorst is, is another big name. He's another big name that can attract players. Obviously, had a storied career, so that'll be interesting. Wilson, I think, well, just on that, you know, in terms of Steven Gerrard, I actually think Van Bronckhorst will be able to attract a, a bigger name of player. I because think contacts as well. Like, no, it's, in, ter- in terms of that, when Gerard kind of first came in, I, I don't doubt there wasn't players that signed for Rangers because obviously it was Steven yeah, Gerard, yeah. and over a couple of seasons they became better players or good players, whatever. But I don't think Steven Gerrard may have the riches if Rangers get the Champions League money. You know, if, if Rangers win the league and get sent to the Champions League, I think Van Bronckers will be able to attract bigger names and better players, possibly. You know, than Steven Gerrard did because remember the first kind of few seasons, none of these players set the header in fire. It, it took him, it took these guys a wee while, yeah. you know, to settle. And as I say, the, the way I look at things is obviously you've got the pa- Parsons away to Everton. You know, the kind of Steven Gerrard legacy would be possibly Joe Arrivo moving to the Premiership, Ryan Kent moving to the Premiership. Yeah, he got them to Rangers, made them better players. So. I think it'll be hard because, as I say, I think if Rangers get the Champions League place, they'll be able to attract bigger names, you know, than unfortunately maybe the opportunity Stephen Gerrard had because they weren't winning things eh, consistently then. Yeah. Shackles, give this one to you. Where do Rangers need to strengthen in the January window? Well, I think they've, they've identified centre-half and they've got Suter in, but whether he comes in in this window is a, is a totally different uh, 
question altogether. In my opinion, I think he will come in uh, during this window. I think it, I think it just makes sense uh, altogether. So there, I think, I think they need another a midfielder and someone who can play across the front. Some, some no like a, a number nine or a winger, somebody like Roof who can who can play either or. He can play through the middle. We can play in the right or or the left. Um, I would say I would say that probably uh, if they were to bring Suter in this window, a midfielder, uh, a centre midfielder looks like Lindstrom could possibly be away. So uh, I think somebody somebody in the middle of the park. Whoever that may be, I wouldn't be sure. I think I think uh, Ross Wilson and Van Brock Hostel will know uh, where they need to strengthen. But if it was me, that would be where I would. I would bring in a centre half, a centre midfielder, and someone who can play along the front. Right, I think that's one thing we I've noticed. Probably a right winger because I, I do think there is the, the obviously the Scott Wilson chat was was rapid. That looks as if he's going to Club Bruges. I think when you look at you know, that right wing position, it's not, it's never really a right winger that plays in it. You release a Hadji plays in it sometimes. Roof, I wouldn't say they're out and out right wingers. And I think Van Bronckhorst does play with two right wing, like two wingers. Obviously, Kent. Scott Wright must, um, I Scott Wright as well. Scott Wright played in, I think he scored. Uh, he scored against Leon, didn't he? Was it Leon? I, I think so. I it was. Uh, so, I mean, he's got to be looking a bit breaking into the team. Yeah. A claim for a for a place every week, and, and he's mainly kind of right midfield that he's been coming on, or right wing, whatever uh, that he's been coming on, and he's got good pace and stuff like that. But it's just Hadji and, and Aribo if he plays there, and and Roof, I think I've got a lot better quality than him. But Wright's got the the kind of directness and, and the pace, so I think I think I'm not sure about just a right wing. I think somebody can play across. Any of them uh, would be good because see when when you've not got Kent and in, in the left and it looks a wee bit bare out there as well. So I think it's important that you get players that can play across all three. Right can play play right or left. Hardy can do this do the same and, and roof as well. So I think it's it's important that you get somebody that can play multiple positions. Mm-hmm. Well, should I give this to you? What has impressed you so far about Giovanni Van Bronckhorst changing the Rangers team since he came in? Well, the results. <laughs> I think you know he's he's come straight in. Obviously, the the Rangers fans obviously hold him in high regard, the same way they held Gerard. Um, and I, I think you know we we had we did this chat on the show. You know, what's he going to come in and change? Does he you know drop Tavernier and play Patterson? Does he do this, do that? And he just come in, and I just as I say, I think the biggest thing is the intensity they they play that. I think the kind of latter weeks of before Stephen Gerrard left. Rangers were winning games, but performances weren't great. They looked a bit kind of heavy-legged as such. And I think he's just kind of revitalised the team. You know, they're playing at a tempo, pressing high, you know, and, and beating teams, as, as they mostly expect at Ibrox, but beating teams comfortably now. Mm-hmm. Um, I dare say he's got a, a more kind of long-term plan. And things will change. He'll, he'll bring in um, his, his own players, etc. You know, he's he said he's getting great, well. Rangers have got great money in for for Patterson. Um, would they be surprised if one or two others left? No, I wouldn't. But he seems to be reinvesting it. Um, and I, I always think though, you know, I know Van Bronckhorst has only been in the job, you know, a short time. But how well does you know Van Bronckhorst know John Shooter? You know, so always find these these kind of things quite quite funny. Now Shooter's a, a good player. For Scotland now, um, but I just, I hope. I mean, I hope he does become brilliant. I mean, I, I really do, especially for Scotland. But I just wonder if some Rangers fans are thinking, mm, "Wait a minute here, you know, we've just got X amount of millions in for Patterson. We could, you know, get a jackpot for a Rebo or Goldson. Would they maybe not be looking at? No disrespect to John Shooter, someone a wee bit maybe a kind of a, a level above. I think because he's maybe a maybe a free. He's a free agent. He knows the league. I can see that. I can maybe. I yeah, can see yeah, that. I, I, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's only twenty five as well. Like he's still he's maybe his best best years ahead of him. Maybe. Possibly, possibly. I just think it's a wee bit. You know, some sometimes you get these signs. You know, Celtic used to sign 
you know, Scott Brown, etc., Gary Caldwell, and they all became great players. Mm-hmm. And Rings have done the same for Kevin Thompson, all that kind of stuff as well. But I just wonder if it's a wee bit underwhelming, if maybe not much other business is done in the transfer window for Rangers. But then if they keep a hold, I think maybe their priority is to keep a hold of the players. You mm-hmm. know, Patterson was a no-brainer because he doesn't, he's not a starter. So that, that, that's an absolute no-brainer. I just wonder if kind of big money comes in for an Aribo or for a Goldson, a Barisic, guys that start, you know, will Rangers be expecting to quickly spend that money on maybe a wee bit bigger names? What the thing that's caught my eye with Rangers in the past few weeks is they're not leaking goals as much. Obviously, not, no, there. That's not exactly the first, what I was the first goal every time. It seems to be more like play for the back. And I think, well, I mean, I said it on here at the start of the start of the season, and I think used to laugh their heads off when I said that it did become a bit stale at the start under Gerard. It wasn't the same level of football. I think it has. I think Gerard leaving and Van Bronckhorst comes improved the kind of. Attitudes, will we say? Is that maybe the right term? Just I think there's a bit more of a, a buzz. I think there's a bit more intensity. It just looks a bit, a, well, there's a bit more kind of meaning for the, the team at the moment. Is, is that you suggesting that all was not well under Gerard? No, Dix? I'm not saying all was not well. I just think, like, when you look at like a Goldson's interview and things like that, like when he came out and said there was no hunger, I just think, I, I think there was a bit of a, what's the word, a hang, maybe a hangover for last season. I think there was like Camerays were sailed to that level again. Is that? Maybe unfair to say. Or was it was it playing in front of crowds? You know, even I don't know if it was as much that because they did they did start pretty well. It just obviously I think the the big thing was the when Gerard I think when Gerard left and Van Bronckhorst came in I think Van Bronckhorst maybe came in and said like let's see what you've got because I've not seen a lot this season kind of thing. Like I think like I, I think in the next couple of years like Van Bronckhorst will want to bring in his own players and obviously freshen up the squad. So I think a lot of these players did. I think he completely changed the way they play as well. I can see more of a kind of conservatism. Like it's more like build for the back, but I think a lot of Gerard's play was get the ball forward kind of thing. I don't think there was that much... Like When you look at like Tavernier and Barisic, for example, like there, you very rarely saw them kind of defending first and then like attack. It was Now I think you've seen a lot more Bar- like Barisic in particular. He's, st- he's kind of come back and defended more. Is that, that maybe unfair? I don't know. It's... Just the way I've said, I just think there's a lot more conservatism at Rangers now, and it's like defend first, and then the rest will take care of itself. Uh, I, I, one thing that's obviously clear when they've been winning games, but and no conceding goals, that that's probably the kind of main thing that I've noticed. That first and foremost, if you don't concede goals, well, you've always got a chance of winning games. Well, especially the, the players uh, Rangers have got. I, I would say, I would, in my opinion, I think Rangers have been more direct. Under Van Bronckhorst and Gerard, I think at times, at times there was a lot of meaningless football and a lot of passing for the sake of passing uh, under Gerard. Like so going inside and then turning out and coming back out and trying to get the other side and and a lot of just passing and keeping the ball for the sake of it. Whereas I think under uh, Van Bronckhorst, I feel as if Rangers have been have been more direct, and I think that's. I think the likes are right uh, feats on the times and and Sakala, they're two players that like to get the ball and run at you. And, and that's just that's just my opinion. I mean, I might be seeing something totally different for other people. It just depends how you, you look at the game for it. But my opinion, I feel as if you, no, it's not been like attack, 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 and gun, gun, yeah. going, leaving numbers, leaving the neb the, the back or anything like that. But I just think when they're getting in the final third, it's like being direct gone going towards the box and going for a goal rather than like felt at times Rangers have been passing it along the edge of the box and nobody's been having a pop at goal for 20 odd yards and stuff like that so uh, listen it's it still got that last six months of the season to go but for what uh, supporters have seen so far they, they, they have got to be pleased with, with the way it's uh, happened but seen it before um, players getting Getting a new lease of life under managers uh, straight away because it's easy. How many times have you seen a team like it's at Airborne and they're slumping and they sack the manager, then they go and win two games? It, it happens all the time yeah. uh, at all different levels when when the ma- got a new manager in uh, or the or the old manager gets a sack, the, the team go on a a, a runner uh, two or three wins and stuff like that. So still a huge six uh, months to go and. And if he, if he continues the way that he started, then Rangers will not be far away. 
Wilson, how would you rate the spell of Ange Postacoglu so far? Have you been impressed or, and has he exceeded your expectations so far? Uh, again, it's hard, you know, in my lifetime to not see a Rangers and Celtic 1-2, you know, in the, in the league and for, for the honours. Um, <clears throat> I think in a way he's probably exceeded the expectation. Um, I think there was a bit of a shaky start. Again, you don't know much about the kind of new signings he's brought in in January. Obviously, Kyogo, you know, he's found a diamond there um, who's, who's done reasonably well. I say he won the, won the League Cup, um, so gets a trophy under his belt early as well. But And, you know, again, I actually feared the worst when, when they obviously had the COVID outbreak and this team against St. Johnson, but they managed to get through that game. Um but this, this, the six point, I, I just always see Celtic, they, they could lose any game and equally they could win um, their, their games as well. Um, it just depends what Celtic turn up. It'll be definitely interesting to see new signings. Um, again, I don't know any, anything about them. <laughs> I absolutely don't know anything about them. But I would find it surprising if we can pick another three players from that league and all come in and do as well as Kyogo's done. Maybe some of them will need a wee bit of time to settle um, and, they, and they may become good players. Um, but I, th- I think in terms of the players that, that left and the, the, the way the previous season was, I would say it's possibly exceeded the expectations. But again, I, I think a big chunk of the season is going to come down in the next few weeks. I think the game against Hibs tomorrow is absolutely massive. Um, and obviously every old firm game's uh, massive as well. So, But as I've said before, and I'll say it again, if Celtic are to lose the old firm game, then I don't think he's going to be able to win the league um, that, that, that in his first season, which, again, and we've kind of I, dis- discussed this in our chat, I don't know if that's the expectation from Celtic no, fans, I think, to be I honest. Think tra- I think a trophy, like winning that trophy. They've, they've, already, they've already won a trophy. Yeah. I just I don't know what the expectation is. Um, if if they think they've got a chance, I mean, they've obviously just to challenge and kind of give a bit like a, a cred, like a creditable season as opposed to like last season, which was Aye, a disaster yeah, in every yeah. way. Like, yeah, I think you're right there. I think yeah. you're right there. And, I, and I, as I say, I think the the word we hear a lot, the project, yeah, you know, yeah. the buying into the project, buying into the you know whatever. Um, but again, as, in, as we've discussed this a million times on here, there's no doubt there's a long. How long? Do, how long does he get? You know, because I, I think that's a long-term plan because like he's not getting all like all these players. Like he's, it looks like he's picking the players. Like we couldn't say that this time last year. But, like, no, 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 and, and that's fine. I think but that's a long-term if he keeps, plan. If he, yeah, there's a long-term plan. But if he goes three years and doesn't win a league, is is that long-term plan? Yeah, you know, or or is it? Are, are they going to wait till you know Rangers win nine in a row, then they stop the ten, and, and that's that's acceptable? I don't think so. I I, I think if he doesn't win a league within maybe. I don't think this year. I think it's just a wee bit too much this year. Even the following year, maybe the year after. How long does he get? And as I said, we, we, we've discussed this as well on here. You know, if Gerard had won three League Cups and three Scottish Cups and not stopped ten in a row, he would be classed as a failure. Yeah. I've no, I've no doubts about that yeah. because it's this haloed t- t- ten in a row. And I think you know, if if Ange uh, Postecoglou wins a couple of Scottish Cups, couple of League Cups. In the next three years, but doesn't he win the league? Then this long-term project ain't happening. This long-term project's getting cut. Um, but as I say, I'll be, I'll be interested the next the next few weeks. I would think by after the old fun game, um, I think I think we'll have a better idea who's got who's going to win the league. Wilson, would you take Mikey Johnson at Kilmarnock? Uh, no, <laughs> no. I think uh, Derek McInnes needs to look at some centre midfielders. Just before we come on here, when they talk about Lee Griffiths, absolutely take Lee Griffiths in a heartbeat at Rugby Park. Same same can be said for Kyle Laffer. That'd be an interesting front too, right enough. Laffer and Griffiths up front. <laughs> uh, but I think I think there's there's areas, you know, we've still got Chris Burke. Uh, Johnson can play wide as well. Um, as I say, I, I think I'd be looking at uh, more centre midfielders. Uh, yeah, than, I agree. Yeah. Midfielder was the one thing I thought they were screaming out for on Friday night. Like, I just thought there was something missing in the middle. Like. <sighs> something missing? Uh, <laughs> I think I, I think that's a, a big bugbear for for Kelly fans. You know, it's that, that central midfield position. I don't think Olsen, McGinn, etc. get good press. Um, but I think that's where he needs, he needs to strengthen. Great signing in Ash Taylor. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's that's the Mackay, type of... Mackay could be a good signing as well. He could be a... 
Yeah, yeah. As I say, we're, 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 we need to score some goals. As I say, I don't think Friday night was a great performance, but you didn't lose the game, so fair, fair play. But no, I would rather maybe if Celtic offered us Callum McGregor or Rogic, I would take them <laughs> on loan if they were if they were wanting the wrong part. Shankers is a permanent deal for Jota and Carter Vickers a no-brainer. I think it, it is. Uh, obviously, the, the only downfall is when. When loan players go out and perform well, then it'll obviously attract other uh, teams coming in for them if they're not going back to their parent club. But uh, I think it would it would make sense for Celtic to, if, if the the deal's right, by is Tottenham only wanting crazy money for for them because I don't I don't know how many appearances he's, he's had for Tottenham. I don't know how many appearances Jota's had for Benfica, but the, the club can't be demanding. Uh, too much money for them if, if they're no featured in uh, for them. So I think if it makes sense, uh, both both players uh, for both players to come, it'd be a no-brainer going for them. Jota, Jota especially. Uh, Celtic, I think, I've got the most clean sheets in the league, if I'm right. Yeah, they have, yeah. So C- Carter Vickers is obviously uh, doing something right at the back because he's, he's been playing the majority of the, the games. Uh, Jota's been... been Scoring goals and assisting goals is, is well, and it looks as if I think he's maybe just that's him back fat again in, in training. So that's a huge boost for Celtic uh, ahead of tomorrow night as well because they've got a big game there. But I think it's a no brainer um, for Celtic to, to try and sign the two players in it. Wilson, what club has done the best business in the Premiership so far this window? I'm going to say Habs, but I'll give it to you. <laughs> In, ter- in terms of volume of numbers, you know, and as the as the as you said about uh, Jota and Carter Vickers, you would you would look at Celtic um, as well. Sean Maloney seems to be getting a few in as well. But again, sometimes it's it's quality, not quantity. You know, you can bring in six or seven, um, and maybe only two or three work. Uh, so Hibs and Celtic have probably done the most business. Um, I still think there'll be a, there'll be a few shocks uh, before before the January uh, window closes. Um, but I think I think because there's been no Premiership games, it's been all quite quiet. You know, I, I'll be honest. I was expecting, you know, as soon as it opened, bids, you know, reports of bids for Aribo and bids for Kent, and you know, Celtic maybe giving out price for Jota, and I, I was expecting a wee bit more. But I think maybe because the games have been off, mm-hmm. um, or, or in, in the winter break. Um, I found it quite surprising. I, I, as I say, I would expect a lot more to be done, but Hibs and Celtic, in terms of quantity, are, are, are certainly going there. I don't know much about the the, the guys at uh, Sean Maloney's side, but as I say, they've all, Hibs have obviously backed him with some money, so fair play. Shankers, could or bros do the unthinkable and win the championship, or will they fall away? Uh, in my opinion, I think they'll fall away. I hope they don't. I hope they do go on and win it, because I think it would be a remarkable achievement, something, something similar to be something similar to uh, Leicester City winning the, the Premier League, in my opinion. So um, I hope they do, but I, unfortunately, uh, I think Kilmarnock and Vernes teams like that will, in the longer run, uh, I think they'll last last the pace. Yeah, I think there's still plenty more football to be played, plenty more points to be dropped. It's, it's getting really, really tight at the top of that league. So, um, three like three points every week is is absolutely massive, uh, and it's one that I'll definitely be keeping my eye on um, to to see who comes out on top. But uh, I think a broad might come up short. I think they're going for the playoffs, so whether they could go up that way. But if the question is, do I think they could go on and win the league? I don't think they will. Aye, I'd absolutely love to see it, but I just have that strange feeling it's gonna there could be a kind of wee. I think next. losing the two players, I, I, I back, to their, in the back to their parent clubs is a a big blow, and whether they've they've got uh, able replacements coming in, uh, all of them, whether they're up to the same, I'm not saying the same standard, but whether they come in and, and replicate what they two have done in the first half of the season, uh, it will be hard to to do that. So. Uh, I hope they do, but as I said, I'm a wee bit worried. Not worried for them, but I just think they can. 
Wilson, we'll give this to everybody, but we'll start with you. Who's the best player out with the Scottish Premiership in, this, in Scottish football? Chris Buck. And maybe not, maybe not so much this season. Um, it was kind of used off and on with Tommy Wright, but in, in previous seasons, um, Chris Buck's been an outstanding player for Kilmarnock. Uh, other, other teams, ooh. That's a good question. I don't, I don't, don't know if I read that one in the notes. No, it's <laughs> on the I notes. Zach, Zach Hemming at Comarnock as well. Yeah, exactly. has, a, has a really good season as well. He's probably the, 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 the pick of the bunch. Um, who, who, who's the guy? The, the guy at uh, Inverness. Cut Broadfoot. <laughs> he seems to have had a steady season as well. Um, whether he's the best in the championship, I don't know. Yeah. I've got one in the Ooh, league. I've got one in league one. I've got one in league one that sticks out. Simon Murray should be playing at a higher level. Like Simon is, it, is that the boy who was at Hibs and went to South I Africa? Hibs, I, is, is that right? United as well. He's at Queen's Park. I think he's far too good to be playing in League One. No, guys, I mean, again, I don't know if they're the best players, but Joe Cardo seems to be having a aye, good Joe season. Joe Cardo, aye. Nathan yeah, Austin, like Nathan Austin scores every week. I quite like the boys Zach Rudden at Partick as yeah. well. Stuart Bannigan at Partick's a good Michael player. Michael McKenna well. at Broad's doing really well. Yeah. Aye, I think there's a lot of guys, aye. you know, I mean, David Goodwillie scores good, every week. Good, good, David Goodwillie's frightening. Aye. Um, Mitchell David Goodwillie, 100%. Would you ask I think I, I absolutely take him in a heartbeat. Yeah. Chris Buck is, is one is one that I would also agree with. Uh, Rory McKenzie as well. It comes under some harsh criticism, but Rory McKenzie uh, would get in. Would get in. Uh, I would say Rory McKenzie would get in five or six of the of the teams uh, in the bottom half. I must say, but he would still get in. Uh, I think. Oh no, I'm, it's, I'm not saying I'm struggling. I'm not saying they're all pressure in like that, but I'm struggling for somebody that stands out as the. the kind well, of I best. think that reflects in how tight the league is, though, as well. Aye, aye, definitely. Know, it, it, it's it's so tight, you know. A couple of couple of good wins, and there, there must be there must be guys at Wraith Rovers that are doing really well. Billy, yeah. Billy Mackay is a club. Billy Mackay is uh, Billy Mackay's a good. Billy Mackay for Inverness. He's, he's Scored goals in the. I like the boy McGregor at Inverness as well. I think he's a he's a good prospect. Yeah. There, there is plenty. I think that's reflected. And as I say, there must be boys. There's a five. Like there's a five. Over Rangers, yeah. Meganson yeah. as well. You know, it's they're, they're, it's very easily playing the championship. No, not a problem. Premier League even as well. Right. Shankers, what's been the biggest surprise so far in the West of Scotland Premier Division table? Um. Talbot's no top. <laughs> <laughs> no saying. I don't think there's been surprises. I mean, it's a competitive league and I still think there's still loads and loads of football to be played. I think uh, surprises. Nah, can I throw one in? Do you remember at the start of the season we were saying about Hurlford just how how we thought they would struggle to stay up. We spoke to Darren and things like that. I don't think anybody at Horrell thought they'd be sitting six in the league at this time of the year. See, I, <laughs> I'm not saying he played it down, but I think... I maybe did play it down, I think but... He, I, I think he... I'm not saying he played it down, because deep down, he would have believed that the squad right. of players he had could, could go well. But I think the, the calibre of player that they lost, I think it would have been... I think it would have been hard for them to, I think, I'm not saying harder, I'm trying to put it, put it right, I, th I think they maybe thought they, would, they wouldn't they would be where they are and found themselves higher than where they are, but I'm not surprised because they've got they've got right good players, so I wouldn't say I'm, I'm surprised by that, uh, maybe just all the talk of the players that, are that were leaving and stuff like that is maybe a surprise that they're higher than what they are, but I'm not surprised because of was it? Well, I would honestly, there's any. Nah, there's, there's no too much there. surprises. Uh, it's a hard one to. I'm not saying like I'm. I'm shocked about anything. Um, Give you another one. Do you think? That. Do you think the West of Scotland can bridge the gap with the, SP, the SPFL in the next few years? Like so, top teams like the just likes yourselves, Darvel, Jane. There, if they do go up to the. 
the SPFL in the next few years, I think you can cope well. A hundred percent. I think. I think if if um, I think if all those teams were League Two, say your top twelve in the league were League Two, at the moment I think you would have a a right good. Uh, oh, no top twelve. Top is it ten that's in League Two? No. Top ten teams were in in League Two. You would have a, a right good uh, League Two sitting there. So uh, I think majority of the the teams at the kind of top end of the table would would compete uh, in League Two, pushing pushing for League One as well. So definitely, same with Kelty. I know Kelty signed players that, that can play in the, the League One Championship uh, as well. So it's a hard one for them. Their theirs is a, a bigger project, uh, I would say. So I think other than Kelty, I'm not saying other than Kelty. In a one-off game. Of course, you could uh, mix it up with them and, and give them a game. But I think over the course of the season, they would probably be the strongest team. But if, if say, they're looking like they've gone up, uh, top eight, six teams in early could go and, and compete in, in League Two, uh, without a doubt, but I think. Wilson, can you see past Cove and Kelly in League One and Two? Uh, I can't see past Kelty. No, I think they'll 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 go up as champions. Um, Cove, I've kind of pulled away slightly as I think I backed Falkirk at the start of the season. Yeah, that yeah. I backed Cove. Uh, well, no back them. But uh, I says that they, I think I went for Cove as well. Hang on, maybe did I maybe go for Queens Park? Aye. I think you were Queens, Queens Park. Park. You were in the money train. <laughs> no, well, as I say, I think Kelty are stick ons. I think I think we all went for Kelty, didn't we? Cove, I don't know if they're stick ons, but I think we'll be there or thereabouts in that league. Yeah. I think they've done pretty well. Shankers, how are you going to get your golf handicap down in 2022? <laughs> <laughs> That's from a Mr. T. Absolute... <laughs> <laughs> I'm an absolute miracle if I get my handicap done. Um, but my plan, I play off um, 16 just now. My plan is to be down at the 11-12 mark by the end of the season. I don't think that's a, an unrealistic uh, goal. Uh, although, if I start the way I finish the season, it could be up the way that I could be going. But now we're away and stuff like that. It's just trying to find the time to play consistently to be getting your scores done. So, it'd be, once we got a break in the summer, that could be my, my time to trying to get my handicap done but I'll not be too worried because uh, the higher it is the, the more shots I get in the tournaments and stuff I've got a question here for basically we're staying on the subject you brought up children there who's taking over as interim CEO when Scott goes off in paternity give us to Wilson Wilson seems to be the more experienced um, well, I would like <laughs> to think the phoenix from the flames would be Roy Alloy have <laughs> <laughs> our growing media career would come back and uh, Take take over at SM Media Towers. Um, it'll be a it'll be a massive loss to to podcasts and Twitter and our WhatsApp group when you're changing nappies and things. Um, but we'll we'll keep we'll keep you informed. I mean, as I said, I would expect viewers and hits to go through the roof if it was just me and Shankers and um, <laughs> the two Ronnies. Um, but it'll be it'll be a well earned break for you, Scott. Trust me. Wilson, what advice would you... I can't believe I'm asking this. What advice would you give to young coaches like to start out in the game? Oof. Well, <laughs> as, a, as a, a veteran now, the coaches uh, coaching now, uh, <clears throat> plan and prepare. I think that's that, that, that's the that's the biggest thing. Um, as I say, not not quite so much maybe at Mark's level, but at amateur level where you, you, know, you sit in a, a Wednesday lunchtime, you've got 18 players... And that's fine. You sit and you doodle some ideas down. Can we do this, do that? And then with five minutes to training, three folk call off. And you've got an odd number and no goalkeepers. And the, the excuses range from watching their kids to dyeing their hair to feeding their cat. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's very, very difficult. Um, if you're coaching young children, patience. Patience. But again, make sure you, you, you plan and prepare your sessions. I think that that's the biggest thing. And when you work with amateurs, um, you become grumpy and you shout at them and all that because they don't do as you say. Um, but that's that. That's 
I would think for any aspiring coach. But as you know, Scott, how good my coaching is. You you were you were a former young apprentice on it. So yeah. <laughs> uh, how how much uh, preparation goes into a week in, a week in a uh, a week in the life of Stuart and United? <clears throat> well, um, I let I let my young apprentice at Stuart and Johnny Sinclair take a Monday session, and to be fair, Johnny's uh, a lot younger. It's am- it's amazing how how better his coaching is. All new new ideas and things. I'm still I still work on like crossing and finishing and all that. And but he's he's talking about switching the point of attack and the third man press and all these. So is he talking zone about fourteen? Because um, I'm just getting to tube it into channels, punt and hunt as such. Uh, so and then a Wednesday night. Obviously, we can we can take in turns and do wee, wee bits and bobs. So, but again, it's see 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 guys in amateur football. And I'm just speaking for sure. They need to be active for the full session. See if you give them a minute's break or a minute to set something up, like putting balls over the fence and messing about. So, small kind of conditioned games, keeping everyone involved. It's great if you see if you get two goalkeepers at training. You you know you're playing simple games, two three touch, many full games at the end. Um, and then obviously a Saturday to be fair Perry's a gaffer Perry does the kind of team talks we run through set pieces um, I'll take the warm up um, but he's, he's he's the voice of the side I, I, I become uh, who was it the boys were saying Steve Round but not because of my coaching <laughs> ability more because of my shape um, and, and and Perry's more uh, Arteta at the side of the park Wilson who won the Super Bowl? Oh I saw it on my shoulder's face saying it's not going to be him watching it. <laughs> uh, as I say, if I, if I was a betting man, I'd be looking at Kansas City uh, or Green Bay. That would be my What Green one is this guy, Tom? He's the Tampa Bay Tom Buccaneers. They're playing. Yeah, they're playing 31.50 up with four minutes 45 it, left. Oh, 31.0. What, what is this? Then? Is this? That's this basically would, the playoffs. It's like, uh, this, so that, that, this, in effect, would be the last 16. Aye, pretty much. Yeah, yeah pretty, pretty much, much last 16. I'm going between. Do you follow a team, Wilson? Do you follow a team? Yeah, Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> they're getting oh, tired. Um, they're heading. Ma, ma, sister in law follows them as well. They're getting toasted in Uber. They got a kind of greenish strip. Aye. Aye, green and white. <laughs> I'm absolutely perplexed that you follow them. <laughs> I spent a wee bit of time there in my youth. That's, that's, that's why. That's why. Right, let's see if we can agree. That's a good question. Who would be in your Mount, Mount Rushmore of Scottish football? This is quite a hard one. I've been thinking about I'd, this for ages. I, I'm not going to lie. I had a wee joke in the thing. I, I, I don't get this question. Right, you pick, it's basically Wilson. Oh, no, Wilson's a, a US president. geek like me. Four... Yeah. I mean, four big figures, four like. Did they have to be Scottish? Yeah, well, they have to be involved in Scottish football and have like a legacy. So, so, so they have to be involved in Scottish football. Aye, that's but they don't have to be Scottish. No. Well, if I so if I was the four I come up with are Scottish. So to be fair. Oh, if if I was going with managers, for example, then it would be Steen, Ferguson, Walter Smith. Steve would just scrape into it, I think, just now. Um, if it was Scottish players, that that would be so it would be so hard. But and again, you, you're looking, I'm only looking at my era for the players and um, for Scottish players. So it would be Sunnis, Doug Leash, Davy Cooper. Probably Alan McCoy or Mo Johnson. Mo Johnson was great for Scotland. Yeah. The, four um, I, the four I've went with are Ferg- Alex Ferguson, Walter Smith, Jock Steen, and Kenny Dalglish. They're the four that immediately came to my head. I've mixed them all together, so that's a pretty good. That's a good question, that, isn't it? And I said, if it was if it was people involved in Scottish football, you know, again, but again. Even as a player, no, someone like Ray Wilkins, unbelievable player, Larson, Loudrop, Gascoigne, you know, the, the, the list's absolutely English. You could do it, you could do it all day. Um, but that's the way I looked at it. Nice. And then if you're looking at, you know, things, I mean, actually, somebody, I actually saw it in 12. I was, I was thinking, obviously, saying Brendan Rogers, um, 
for you know for the trophies, but then someone pointed out to me on Twitter day that with the trophies, Alex McLeish won. I think he goes a wee bit under the radar. No, nah, he doesn't. Um, because I suppose you're only judged in your last job, was it Scotland? It wasn't too successful the second time. Right? My four would be Alex McLeish, you know, things that they did. My four would be Bertie Volks, George <laughs> Burley, Craig Levine, <laughs> and Paul Le Guin. <laughs> I actually think Paul Leguin will be insulted. <laughs> <laughs> He's in some great company. Uh, realistically, like, take it they don't need to be for all your, your era. No, no, not for well. Well, I, I, I did the players from my era watching you know, Scottish, Scotland, Scotland players, but no, they're the four I can down on. They're more kind of, we'll see them are obviously kind of main kind of managers, but Douglas, you can't, Dennis Law, you could probably put in as well. Like, didn't he see much? I didn't, no, I know, but yeah. I'm just going with like history and things like that. Like, I Ferguson, Smith, and Steen type basically are the kind of like three like stars. You're, you're taking it, Busby and Chad, as well. Like, then, you, you're talking about trophies. Like. I know, I laughed and all, but like Steve Clark of this era could, if he gets to the World Cup, his name is up there in the in the history, you know what I mean? For forever, how long? Two consecutive tournaments after God knows how many years. So, like, I you know we're, not, we're laughing, but like, you can argue for Craig Brown as well. Yeah. Aye. I think because he maybe didn't have the stellar playing career as the ones we've mentioned, you know, you look at Craig Brown's, and you think the gap since then, what, who, who's been in the job and what we've done, you know, it's, it's, it's very strange. I, I was doing it at the driving range and I see the wee uh, Irvin, mm-hmm. um, was having my lunch. Yeah. Uh, having my lunch, I think it was a Saturday morning or something, and, and he was sitting at the table just along. I must I think he goes to the driving range now and then for a wee hit. Great afternoon. You can a double take, and you're like, is, is that him? Getting just quite casually sitting yeah. amongst folk, and you think, again, for like, things that folk like him have done in, done in the game and that as well. Mm-hmm. Right, last couple of questions. Should the old farm allocation go back to what it was in previous years? Wilson, I know that's a yes. bit of yours. Hundred percent. I I always think it's it's better winning games away from home for any fan, you know, because you maybe get on the supporters' buses or trains or whatever, and maybe a couple of refreshments. Um, and away crowds usually tend to be a wee bit more vociferous than the, than the home crowds. Um, again, I I understand um, why kind of restrictions were were put in place, but I I, I actually think you know. Imagine being a Celtic Rangers fan of one of seven, eight hundred and winning, you know, at the ground with the other 60,000 are supporting the other team. It must, it must be some, you know, laugh as well. Um, but I, I, I wish they would just come up with. But I mean, as I say, I, I'm, not, I'm not being oh, Celtic deserve it. Again, I understand the Rangers fans' frustrations that they get a lot of those tickets that they get are restricted views. I just think there should be something put in place where. You can get an equal number of fans and, and make the atmosphere. Um, but I don't the atmosphere is bad, you know, with all for, uh, one team. But I, 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 ju- I just think there needs to be some common sense. Um, but as I say, I understand the arguments um, in both sides. But I, I think if, if if I was ever to play in one, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> then if I was at Ibrox at Parkhead, I would like some sort of some sort of a wee support there, definitely. I'd agree with that. I think you just, just think it's better the way the way it was in the past. I think that's the way I would I would go Although, down. But again, you know, un- I, I, I understand. understand the situation where Aye. you know if you buy a season ticket, for example, for the Brimland Road area. Yeah, and you're I told see, that you yeah. don't get the, you don't get the Celtic games, but you can come and watch Dundee United because other teams don't sell that. Aye. And also the thing is they're paying less money than what other areas of the ground is as well because yeah. they know that situation. Yeah. So it's it's an argument's for and against and you could argue all day about it, but I don't see it going back anytime soon. Nah, I don't think, no, I, think I, I think it involves both teams going into a room and so on. I doubt that's gonna happen in the the near future. But I, I think it I I can see both sides of it, but I think just it's the atmosphere going to them as well. Is it what 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 happens like just say, for example, they're drawing the cup in the next round, say the fifth round, but it's obviously usually semis not at Hamden. But what happens is, is it still a split gate, so it's 50 50? Do they still do that? What at Hamden? Aye. No. Aye, so, like, uh, my, so just, my just my say it's be... Celtic. 
So what 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 would Celtic get in the cup? I think it would just be the same. I think it would be the same. I think it would be the. They'd only get the eight hundred fans. Aye, I thought it would have to be some sort. Of, I thought it would have to be split gate because see, 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 no. So no, like, the, game, they'll no, split the gate of the the capacity. Well, you see, like like it's an FA Cup. Um, who was playing Liverpool? Were playing Shrewsbury. So Anfield, you only get the wee corner, mm-hmm. but. They had the full, the full um, behind the goals because normally in the FA Cup they gave them a bigger allocation. Yeah. And uh, but I think just because of what has happened and how basically how petty it is, no, mm-hmm. they would just. I think I think it, it was a Chesterfield as well. Had like I had the full, full behind the goals. Behind the I, I just yeah. want to allocation for cup games. Shankers, how whose shot do you want on Saturday, and how many goals are you going to score? Um, I think I would I would like to get Andy Halliday's shot. Um, he's 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 lived the dream for me. Uh, still a good player, just now playing with a top team. So for me, that would be him. Although if um, if John Suter uh, signs with Rangers in January, he could possibly could possibly get his as well. Um, but. How many goals am I going to score? Um, well, we're at, well, I've got a race against time now, so uh, I can't answer that one just now, but we could possibly... I might, I'll settle for one this week. Uh, one all day, I think. We'll be cheering we'll be you on. Would you, <laughs> absolutely. Would you... If, if, does it go... Does it play to a finish? Yeah. Aye, yep. As so, I, as if you're on the pitch, whether start or come on as a sub, would you be one of the five that had a penalty? Aye, hundred percent. Aye. Yep. Very good. Okay. Right. I would, I would just bend them. Well, do that be preview on it during the week? Obviously, get Craig, more Craig Gordon, if you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> right. Final question. That's a good one to to give us all a, a wee answer before we go off here. What's the best chant or banner you've ever seen slash heard at a football match? Wilson, you must have seen some perlers in your time. Or cre- created some, maybe, as well. Um, I would be... Created some. <laughs> I'm absolutely shocked by some of the chants I've heard um, at the football uh, banners. I mean, one thing, I mean, as I say, my wee boys keep asking to do it. See these ones now, you know... The banner, can, can I please get Can I have your shirt, you know? We're singing, uh, we're singing football. Honestly, again, I'm, I'm dropping this old Trafford trip forever. When we down to Old Trafford, we're behind the goal to Stretford Road end, and we kind of waited behind so we could get pictures with the kids, blah, 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 blah. There was Man United fans taking wool strips. Wool players were giving their strips to Man United fans in a tunnel area. And I'm going, that is, oh, enemy. Um, yeah, imagine like Roy Keane doing Imagine like Roy Keane seeing that. Like, when he got away with it. Nah. Uh, I would say some of, the, some of the banners, and again, they'll be, oh, he goes again. Some of the banners when the Rangers had their administrative problems. <laughs> and I say, I always wonder, see when I see these banners from, you know, it's, it's usually the Green Brigade or other sides. Well, how do they make them? Uh, they're absolutely massive. <laughs> there must be a, a print works and how do they get them into the ground? It, it used to be if you had a, say you had a, a I've seen it with the Tap Army quite a lot, like Comarnock's at Scotland Supporters Club. And it's a big, you know, salt and it's in a bin bag, and the folk are searching the bin. I'm going, how do they get a bar that covers eight <laughs> sections of park here in there? Uh, so some of those ones are, are, are quite entertaining. Uh, best chance, you know, obviously, there's a, there's a lot about uh, Air United's lack of success <laughs> um, over the years, which I always find uh, quite funny. But um, I, th- I think some, some of the best songs... I've heard always. I always enjoyed the, the Stuart Armstrong song. Celtic fans yeah, sang about Stuart Armstrong. I think that I think the recent one is a bit Sakala. I think that's yeah, it. I think it's uh, good as well. And I think um, as much as I was disappointed at the result, I think uh, when Rangers won at Easter Road, um, they sang the kind of ABBA version. They sang it for about twenty-five minutes, absolutely non-stop. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll like ones like that ones, ones with no sweary words and ones that maybe don't don't offend uh, people I know we had a, 
couple of laughs in the yeah. chat earlier on about some sort. You can't, um, you can't say it nowadays without people getting offended. So, yeah, always, always used to enjoy Patrick Thistle. Used to have a couple of songs. Have um, you seen the Patrick Thistle one that the singer actually sings on Twitter? No, no, I've not seen it. No, no, I'm not going to start going into it, but like it's an actual <laughs> proper like. No, like a chant, it's a proper somebody singing a part of this song. Right. I'll share it in the, in the WhatsApp. I put it in the chat, right? but, uh, So, really Patrick Thistle used to have a song about their dislike for Celtic and Rangers. Um, and it, it was along the lines of they hate the boys in Royal Blue and Emerald Green. So, uh, about two upstanding members of society as well. <laughs> and they used to sing one about Kelly fans driving tractors <laughs> as, as, as well, which, which was always good, good fun as well. So those, those are probably my favourites. But as I say, <laughs> for this channel, a lot of the ones I wouldn't be... I don't, know if that's, I don't know if that's one will maybe insult our, our Russian viewership, but there was... Do you remember going to Manchester and there was a song about, about the Zenit fans that the Rangers fans were going to deep fry their vodka? Remember that? Aye, there was loads. There was loads in the, the, the Tartan Army used to sing even when you were there. Um, things they would just make up and it would be <laughs> and but again a lot of them aren't uh, to be repeated on this. Yeah, I mean this imagine imagine knowing a football a football stadium like Hamden, you hear like Doa Deer and all that, and some of them belt it out like oh, absolutely. absolutely. At Wembley, Wembley, went, went to Wembley uh, one year. The first time Scotland played at the new Wembley, and there was like ninety thousand. There was only ten thousand. It was what a shitey home support, you know that kind of, <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff. Uh, that has been some, but maybe that's one for the viewers. Aye. Maybe that's like one saying, to the viewers. The best, the best aye. chance they've heard of the best chant or Barney you've ever seen at a game. Right, we're going to wrap up the questions there. It's been an absolute pleasure to do the show. We're going to be back, obviously, during the week. We'll do a wee show during the week. I don't know if we'll be the same crew, but we'll do a wee show during the week to obviously look back in the action of the, the Premiership kicks off again. We'll preview the Scottish Cup. Obviously, Shanker's Talbot side headline that against Hearts. We'll do that during the week. Thanks very much, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Predictions will be in tomorrow, Scott. Don't worry. tomorrow. Thanks very much to everyone that's tuned in. Please subscribe to our YouTube and podcast channels and follow us on social media. Thanks very much, everyone. See you soon. Cheers.